Hello everyone, welcome back to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. I'm your host, Antonio Garza, and today is a beautiful sunny day because we've had so much wrestling in the last week. We have four more shows of the G1 Climax that we need to talk about. We have Big Tree Road from Saturday and today's Impact Wrestling episode. And like I said, four more uh, shows of the G1 Climax, so let's get to them. It's going to take us a while to get over it. Uh, we're going to start with the show of September 30th. That was day seven, if I am not mistaken. This was an A-block show. We started off with the usual Young Lion match of Tsuji versus Wemura. Uh, it was a, a good, solid, basic wrestling match. Um, there's not much to it. We've been talking about how this is going just 50-50 booking. And they always deliver about the same amount of, of potential, no? Uh, but l getting into the actual tournament, we started off with Minoru Suzuki versus Yuhiro Takahashi. This, I just rated as a squash. Uh, Yuhiro looked the weakest he's, he's looked uh, so far in the tournament. Suzuki just ran over him like a semi-truck. This was the match that going in, I thought, hey, maybe Yuhiro will win this just like, out of like a DQ or a counter, but no, like not even when he was able to cheat against Minoru Suzuki was he able to defeat him. So Yuhiro at this point is virtually eliminated. It would take like a mathematical miracle uh, for him to to advance beyond this point. So that that's the story of Yuhiro. I at this point I don't even know why he's in the G1 climax. You know, it, it's it's just kind of sad. Uh, next match was Kota Ibushi versus Jeff Cobb. I personally really, really enjoyed this match. I thought this was the best Jeff Cobb has looked in all of the tournament. I wasn't a big fan of the Suzuki match like other people were, but this, I think this match was uh, like the perfect combination to really, really show what Jeff Cobb can do. And for, unfortunately for him, it, it means that you need someone who will bump and take um, the positioning for you. And so Kutai Bushi is just perfect for that. He was able to like take all of Cobb's moves. And and this match like made me remember why I originally fell in love with uh, Matanza, you know, and Cobb in, in PWG, just because he's able to throw people around. Uh, th this was like, I give it like a, around a, a, I don't know, like a 3.5 uh, stars about, or 3.3 quarters. The next match was uh, Taichi uh, versus Kazuchika Okada. Uh, I, I gave this about the same rating, um, but I didn't think it was like as exciting as Cobb versus Ibushi. Um, Okada looked as weak as he's had uh, in the tournament, even like winning matches. However, Tai Chi, I thought, looked really, really strong because in the performance, he was outstriking and he was outsmarting Okada. And, and, and I don't know, that's like a, a good thing to have if you're going to lose the match anyway. So, in my opinion, Tai Chi looked really, really strong. Uh, tai Chi has been, in my opinion, one of the strongest looking guys in Block A. We know he's not going to win, we know he's like 
far away from that or like any glory but he's looked good even in defeat so props for tai chi uh but yeah okala won uh this match he he gets to four points um it, and i also want to mention like i originally thought that this was going to be the main event of the of the night uh but i'm really glad that it wasn't because the next two matches were far better uh the next match being will osprey versus jay white this this was really really good but i i am somewhat disappointed at the interaction between these two like white has been a perfect heel so far he he talks a lot he teases a crowd he he's taking advantage that there's not a lot of noise to make comments and you can hear them and 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 that's been fantastic and so it's understandable that the japanese wrestlers may not like be like that like they won't want to counter like verbally white because it's not going to lead anywhere but then you have will osprey who i mean for starters he's been like a cocky prick all tournament and i was really disappointed that he didn't try to counter uh jay white's just tr trash talking and i i really hope that it was going to be like this clash of the, of the guy gene and um and it wasn't uh it was just pretty much like a straight up match will osprey was like just super baby face pretty much playing the same role that we've seen tanahashi and okada and everyone play with with white as the guy who's like i'm tired that you're leaving the ring and all that stuff and then i make my comeback and so eh, i don't know it, it was fantastically wrestled i have nothing to like go like complain about that i just wish that it had been like a bigger clash of egos uh because i do believe this is like the one of the first times that osprey and white have gone like one one at least in new japan so there could have been more there uh i think uh you could have added some some flavors and like spark into like future encounters mm, and the main event of the night was shingo takagi versus tomohiro ishii this was just straight up two dudes hitting the fuck out of each other it was great uh like full adrenaline um there was one spot that i think everyone knows that they just started hitting each other with headbutts um i i don't personally think they're as stiff as a chibata chibata headbutts so i'm not like going crazy about them but it's one of those things that we know that make people are comfortable i mean we saw it in this match where the the actual crowd like gasped like audibly and if it's a crowd that it's not supposed to talk and you make them like gasp like that it means you're doing something extra and i think it's just unnecessary to have these spots because even if they're safe they just give people the wrong feeling it's kind of like like pal drivers in mexico or like back in the 90s where the pal driver was banned because it was like just way too dangerous and so even if you were doing it properly and safely it just made people uncomfortable uh so i mean we don't need to do it uh that's the only thing that i've seen because ishii has been headbutting people all the tournament shingo kinda but like ishii has been headbutting people all the tournament so 
you don't need to do it then. Like you are perfectly okay with forearms and chops. Like her headbutts at this point are just, uh, you know, they're just in the past. Like let's leave them there. But anyway, uh, Ishii won the match. He finally got a, a win under his belt. Um, and I mean, that was pretty much it. I, I, I did think that Osprey versus White could have made a band of the show just because Osprey winning and getting like his winner's promo at the end would have been far better than just Ishii walking away because that's what he does. He never cuts promos. So I think we could have just give Osprey the win in the main event and, and give the fans like a nice nice thing to to have with. But otherwise it was a it was a good show. I was just like I wasn't particularly happy with how the, the card was organized. I would have shuffled some things away, but I can't really complain about the wrestling uh, content. So that's about it. This was, like I said, September 30th. Then we moved into October the 1st, and this is Block B. Again, we start with your Young Lion match. Uh, this was Gabriel Kidd and Jota Suji. Um, I do believe this was the, sh the match that went to a time limit draw. Um, or at least it, it went really, really close. I think uh, the, the Young Lions have been playing around with that, the, with the time limit draws. And as we can talk about this in, in the show from October the 6th today, uh, the assigned recording, if you see the Young Lions going to a time limit draw, expect something in the tournament matches and we'll see about that but let's go into a tournament we started with Toriano the unstoppable at this point Toriano he was undefeated at this point uh, versus Juice Robinson which I guess we can call the resilient Juice Robinson now because the match was pretty much uh, Yano going for all his tricks and Juice being able to counter them all until Juice hit the the, the pull friction for the win. Um, I mean, we knew Yano losing was coming. We knew the dream of him winning the G1 Climax is far-fetched. So if it's going to come at the hands of Juice Robinson, I have zero complaints. Uh, this was a good little win for Juice to, to get some points and, and keep himself in the upper... Uh, I guess like area of this block uh, there's a lot of people roaming around the six the number the, the six points uh, at this point of the of the tournament uh, so yeah that this was like a, a fun little thing uh, the yellow matches are always just fun enjoyable we know they're short we know they're they're like not full of drama so it, it's just a match that you watch and enjoy and if you don't enjoy you're probably dead inside so you should probably like meditate and, and and you know think about life uh the next match we had was the surprise of the night hiroki goto versus sack saver jr i i'm i'm just gonna say this is a dud this is like a firework that never went off because i was hoping to see an actual match between these guys and what we got just was like a five minute sprint and sack saver got the the win with a european clutch uh, about the about four minutes in four or five minutes in and i think i should have seen it coming because goto landed uh ushigoroshi like at minute three and at that point you're like i should have noticed that 
they're gonna go for the for the finish really quick but i was just like i don't know it, it's that part of the match where like you know saber's just being an octopus and you know it's gonna like turn around start like a striking battle but none of that ever came like saber just got the european clutch and the win and it was surprising um I, I joked around that if this was a U.S. promotion, we'd be getting like hashtag go to the service better by now. Because um, man, go, like last last week I, I was mentioning that Goto just feels like filler in this G1 climax, and then we had this, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I don't know what's up with Goto. Um, man, he he really really loves New Japan. <laughs> He's so loyal. Uh, but yeah, like unfortunately, uh, this was a dud. I the one thing that I I really thought about this match, and I also thought about it uh, the next night when Ishii and, and Taichi are gonna get in a fight is that I wouldn't mind uh, the Dangerous Deckers to defend the titles against Ichi and Goto coming out of the of the World Tag League. I think that could be like a really good combination because we don't get a lot of Saber versus Goto or Saber versus Ishii and as and we know like Ishii versus Taichi is good and I think Taichi versus Goto has the potential now that Taichi has improved so much in her in his like striking and his intensity so I really wouldn't mind if that is the the future unfortunately that would leave Joshihashi out of the mix and he is part of the never of the never uh six men title champions. So that being the case, I also wouldn't mind if the dangerous techers were to lose attack titles to whoever you want and then have the team of Goto, Ishii, and Joshihashi versus the dangerous techers and say Desperado. I mean, we're not going to get Suzuki, unfortunately, but like maybe Desperado. And that could be like a really, really cool, just a little feud, you know? Like, I think those six guys are, are awesome. Uh, aside from Saber, they all like to embrace the, the strong style a little bit. So I think there's something there. Uh, let's see if they explore that area. Uh, we are about to start the, the World Tag League once we finish the G1 Climax. So there's potential to see at least the, the match take place. Uh, at the tournament uh, anyway but let's continue the tournament uh, we go into Joshihashi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi this was fantastic Joshihashi I don't know how but he continues to have the best tournament he's ever had in, in his life uh, hell I mean he's been having the best year he's had in his whole life I think <laughs> as a wrestler uh, it all started with the new, J new japan cup and now uh winning the tag title i mean the trios titles and now like the g1 climax you know joshihashi's just on a roll um it, i mean it's not like he's he's doing okala like 2018 level matches but he is performing like the best i ever ever seen from joshihashi and and tanahashi like He's having more uh, methodical matches this time around, but he was able to bring out a, a good, intelligent match out of Yoshihashi. I, I commented that if you ever think about Yoshihashi going heel, I think this match 
was a good example of how he would perform and and i personally liked it uh he obviously didn't go full heel or anything but just going against someone as babyface as tanahashi like really uh exposed uh if yoshihashi has the potential to be like that that vicious guy that goes after your leg and works on your leg you know stuff like that so i i think this was the second best match of the night um that i personally like the main event the most but this was really good and, and after the match there was like a this little moment between Chanahashi and Yoshihashi. They were like both still in the mat, uh, breathing, and it wasn't audible. But Tanahashi said something to Yoshihashi, and, and you could tell that Tanahashi liked the match he just had. I think, I think he gave like his props and kudos to Yoshihashi, and that warmed my heart. The next match was Evil versus Kenta. This was the Bullet Club imploding. This was one of those matches that when the tournament blocks were announced, I was really looking forward to seeing what would happen between Kenta and Evil, being as Evil took over the Bullet Club when Kenta was not around. And surprisingly, like Bullet Club being a team of, of foreigners, you had the two like Japanese guys going at it. And there's some there's something there there's definitely something there we saw evil reject the two suite from kenta and so kenta tried to like play around with evil's head trying to get dick togo to like jump ship with him togo didn't go for it and so we we just ended up having like a kenta versus evil match um the the match was okay uh i'd say it was it was good it was good to okay it it obviously relied a lot on on cheating because both are are, are heels and we know bullet club or pretty much every heel in new japan has to cheat in some way uh we know that there's always going to be ref bumps and all that stuff and you have dick togo there so there's always going to be that level of interference uh, but I think that if anything else, we can, we we need to study like how these two like interacted with each other, and and there's more gonna be more to it because we know what we know like what happened between Evil and Kenta, but we don't know what's up with Evil and White, or Evil and the Tongans for that matter. So this is gonna be a story that we're going to be, I guess, seeing for. Like probably like a year, <laughs> so uh, let's, let's let's sit down and enjoy it. Uh, at this point, I think uh, we we can also see like who the rank is of the biggest heel in New Japan is, and that being uh, Evil, because Kenta at some point in this match that feel like a slight baby face going against Evil, uh, ob- obviously because Togo was there as a as a heater, you know. Uh, finally, the main event of the night was Naito versus Sonada. Sonada is fighting to stay alive in the tournament. And as anyone could have seen miles away, even before Sonada went on a losing streak, uh, we kind of knew that Sonada was going to get the win over over Naito. Not just because so he can get like a title shot coming out of this, probably for King of, of Pro Wrestling or even uh, Power Struggle. 
but also because this is going to add a little bit of like of something sparkles into the whole like thing that lij has been going through this summer and also in a way it's going to like add something to the feud between you and sonata like a feud that it, it's not like an active feud we we know that sonata just can't beat evil like ever he, he's lost to him i think at this point three times and that is gonna be the, the last match of the of the tournament for them uh it's likely going to be sonata playing spoilers to evil and and we'll see if we if he defeats evil he finally gets the win and and if not there's always sonata having a title shot and evil like being the guy who can defeat sonata if sonata were to win so there's like little things here and there uh the match itself it was it was good uh, naito will i I've said before is having just a fantastic uh, G1. He looks so good, and and Sonata like he's been hit and miss for sure. I know a lot of people that don't particularly like Sonata or his performances as of late, but I thought this was one of the better ones. Mm. I I think also like I don't think they fought since 2018's when when Naito defeated Sonata so this also kind of like felt like a new chapter and in, in, in a I guess like a pair up that was not properly uh you know that we probably haven't seen um worked out you know so it, it was it was good to see like another another matchup between these two um so yeah like it's, it's another one mm. With two Monsalts after blocking uh, a Destino, it was just like good execution. The 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 Destino and and the Skullin counter each other like nicely, especially Destino into a Skullin. So we we had some good action towards the end of the match, uh, and at the end, Sonata cut his winner's promo. He did his uh, little Firefly thing, and this was his hometown, so he had like a really really good reception. Uh, th this felt for the first time this whole year like that main event sonata was still in there he just needs to fucking care about about it because sometimes he just doesn't seem to care about anything in the world i mean cold skull you know uh so this was a good it was a good show i i really really enjoy the joshi hashimash and the main event um and like i said the kenta match i liked for just like to experience and, and examine the the interactions with evil and Saber won in four minutes, so that is something uh, to to talk about, you know? Because it wasn't like... We, we sometimes see, like, Saber defeat, like, guys like Fale or, or Yano in, like, this type of, like, the matches where it comes out of nowhere. But um, this time around, it was Goto, like, he's a legit contender, or he has been a legit contender before. So on to the next show which is after a little break we have the g1 climax from october the 5th that being yesterday for me uh this is a block a show we started off with gabriel kit and yuya wamura this was your usual good match uh there's not much to say the show started with takahashi versus shingo takagi 
I've heard that for a lot of people, this was the worst performance that Shingo has had in the tournament. And I'm not going to disagree because it was Chingo's worst match so far. Yuhiro. <laughs> it, it's it's funny, like Chingo has like this explosiveness to him that he can just like pick up speed and make anything look good. Like it just, like a match just looks good if you can keep up to his speed taking bumps. Uh unfortunately Yuhiro is not that good at following speed. And he also has his stupid kick that he does for everything, like a little big boot. And it like it, it was really, really annoying because Chingo's like picking up speed and then you hear just like kick, slows everything down, and it's like, oh man, like why can't you just like use Lariats instead of your stupid kick? Yeah, like your matches would be like exponentially better. And so it was unfortunately like Chingo really did have the worst match of his tournament so far. And I th that is probably like just a common thing right now at this point where you are having your worst match with Yuhiro Takahashi. Um it's sad. I really like Takahashi, but he he just doesn't bring it. Uh and at this point, uh Yuhiro is again like Barely eliminated because as soon as uh, Okada or Suzuki or or Taichi, I think, uh, win, the Yuhiro is eliminated, like officially. And so we go into the next match. It was Jeff Cobb versus Jay White. This was similar uh, to my opinion between Jeff Cobb and and, and Kota Ibushi, as in. White is just like a perfect guy for Cobb to toss around to like take the bumps that make Cobb look good. And so this was just like a good solid uh little match. Uh it wasn't given the the spot in the card to really shine, but it it overdid I think uh the spot and it was just fun. This was also like a big big win for Jeff Cobb. Like Every year we see like some guys get certain wins over certain people in the G1 climax, and we think like it doesn't matter uh, because they don't like go into like feuds or rematches or title matches or anything. But like Cobb, Jeff Cobb has a win over Jay White, and we know Jay White is at this point top four in the company. Uh, he jumps around between being the first and the fourth. So this is a big win for Cobb. Um, if if he was going to get like one good win, this was it probably. So bask in it. Enjoy it. And we go into Minoru Suzuki versus Kazuchika Okada. This was, this was a good match. Um, but it wasn't the best match. I think Royal Quest was better, and I think the one in the Suzuki Anniversary show, the 30th one, was also better. Uh, but I, in this match, I, I kind of I, I started to think like there's definitely something going on with Okada. Uh, he he had a lot of trouble surviving Suzuki, and in previous matches we've seen like a more dominant Okada take on Suzuki and then this one 
like Suzuki just looked like a beast. He he should have won this match, and and if not for Okada winning with a roll up, like Okada won with a roll up. That when was the last time you saw that? Uh, but Suzuki should have just like ran over Okada in this match. Just performance wise, he should have won. And I don't know, like it. Okada is not selling it in the promos. Uh, he just kind of like keeps saying like, "Oh yeah, this was my such and such win." Blah blah blah. Let's keep going. But uh, there's definitely something there. We, he just hasn't talked about it, and someone eventually will have to to talk about it. So we'll see where it goes. I think. I think losing, the the block finals could be the point where Okada has to wake up, but we'll see. The next match was Tomohiro Ichi versus Taichi. Like I mentioned, this was just fantastic. These two guys at this point kind of like know each other more and more. Uh, Ichi brings out the best in Taichi. But having said that, I thought that Taichi was the guy that was carrying the match this time around. Uh, he looked just way more dominant and, and way more like on the spot than Ishii, who kind of had to sell for the most part. Um, this started up with one of those like Hiromu Takahashi versus Dragon Lee chop exchange, but Taichi went for kicks and it didn't work. <laughs> so like the, the, the fans never got hyped about it because it was just like really, really slow. It, it, I mean, kicks are not as fast as chops, so you're not going to be able to, to build the same momentum. But uh, it was good. I Ichi won. Well, so he, they're pretty much like kind of balanced out 50 feet, 50 50 in their in their rivalries. And and this is where I was also saying like I really wouldn't mind if Ishi pinning Taichi leads to the Goto Ishi versus Dangerous Deckers feud. I I just really want to see those teams go at it at one point. Um. But that was it. I, there was one spot where Ishii, where well, Taichi like takes off his pants, you know, as, as he always does, and, and Ishii just like stood off, like he was like insulted that Taichi removed his pants. But as soon as he stands out, like Taichi just like gives him a, a step up and Sigiri and like drops him again. Uh, I really liked the spot, but like it unfortunately didn't lead to anything. It just like he went down again. But I was like super like enjoying that issue with fine Taichi taking off his pants that disrespectful and quickly let's go into the main events of the night that was Kotai Bushi versus Will Ospreay uh another great match it I wouldn't say it was as great as their like their previous matches they've had uh like the the Russell Kingdom match they had that was far better in my opinion but this was really really good I I mean, at this point, there's no denying Osprey is just like a huge, cocky prick. He is a pain in the ass. Uh, he came in just completely being disrespectful. Like, even if you're fighting against someone, like you don't have to be a dick about it. Like, just messing up their hair and laughing at it and everything. So, like, I wasn't mad at all when Ibushi started to kick his ass. Uh, uh, th- this match was was one of the matches that I've seen this tournament where I felt that the finish came at a point where it felt um, like out of nowhere. And 
it's not that it, it wasn't a good finish or that it was like like legit out of nowhere like uh saber versus goto but it just felt like they skipped like the middle part of the match kind of like they started off building something and then they kind of just jumped to the finish where they started chasing their finishers and i don't know like i i saw it with other matches so far and it, it kind of like it, it when the match ends like you know the match was good but the last thought on your head is wait was that it and that is not a good thing to finish a match uh because that's the thing that's that sticks the most like you stop for you start forgetting i mean you stop remembering like the spot like uh the the top rope rana that ibushi did and osprey landed pretty much in his hands and you start thinking about huh was that it and so I, I think that kind of takes away a little bit of the match i mean it doesn't particularly make it bad it doesn't hurt it but it, it just doesn't help either and so i don't know i i i'm starting to suspect that some of the venues in different cities have like a max time limit when it comes to matches uh, or shows, I mean, themselves. Like, you cannot go beyond like three hours of having people in the crowd. And so I feel, I think that that's why they are rushing certain matches this way. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. That's just like a, like a, a thought or imagination that I had. But it was an okay show for Block A. Uh, this was, in my opinion, nothing special. Like, even uh, the main event. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you to like go out of your way to watch. Same with Ishii versus Tai Chi. Like they've had other matches that you can go watch. Um, but yeah, it was it was solid. I mean, the surprise of the night was White versus Cobb, and that was particularly like a short match that with nothing much to it. So on to today's show, October six. As I am recording this. Uh, this was the Block B show. This is... We are in the middle of a four-day streak of shows. So we we have two more shows coming up after today. But this one, we have your Young Lion match. Suji versus Wimura. They went for the time limit draw. So, hint, hint. Something must be happening with time. And it did. The, the next match was Toriyano versus Hiroki Goto. And I guess Goto got paid uh, the job he did to save her because uh, the match... Well, there wasn't really a match. It was just a dud. Uh, the first thing that happened was that Yano friendly offered a t-shirt to Goto. And Goto, being a complete dick, just tossed the t-shirt away. like, And then uh, attacked him from behind and rolled him up for the upset win, in my opinion. And this probably will go down as the G1 Climax shortest match in history. It it could have been more than... I mean, it, I didn't pay attention to see at one point the bell rang, but it wasn't more than a minute. That's for sure. Uh, but yeah, so Goto gets uh, his uh, like two more points. Yano loses again. Uh, this was unfortunate for Yano. But yeah, like that's that's why Suji and Wimura got got more time to to do their thing because we knew that Goto and Yano were gonna go less than a minute. And then the match the next match was Saber versus Anada. 
this match started like just the smartest way you can start a match after that Goto Jano because what they did is they went straight for like a really long fast-paced exchange of pin and roll-ups and because of that because we we just saw a match end in, in like less than a minute with a roll-up we kind of felt that at any point any of these pins could lead to a finish and the final pin I think it was from um, Saber to Sonata it got like a, re a really big pop because of that because it really felt like oh shit we're gonna get it again but now like that, that, that was it and then they went into just like uh, a, your usual Saber grappling Sonata match uh, they exchanged a lot of grappling stuff because Sonata like works well with, with Saber um they went like that for a couple of minutes until uh saber went for the european clutch and sonata kicked out and after that uh sonata chased the skull in like for about three minutes and then out of nowhere he hit like a draping uh cutter and a moonsault and for the win and just like i said with uh with osprey and ibushi like it felt like this skipped the middle of the match because we were playing around with your usual start with Saber just going octopus on you. And then, boom, out of nowhere, we're chasing finishers. And boom, out of nowhere, like the win with a cutter and a moonsault. Uh, even Saber like, didn't sell that like, he was like knocked out or anything like he, he, that he could still go. But I don't know. Like Once again, I, I ended the match thinking like, wait, was that it? And... That's not the best thing to do, but like nonetheless, the the grappling was fantastic. The the little opening was fantastic. Uh, I I personally love Saber versus Nana matches. We they do happen way more often than they should, but they're always a treat. Uh, at this point, we get the announcement that the World Tag League and the Best of the Super Juniors twenty seven are going to run at the same time. I I. I kind of heard this before, and I personally hoped that when they said they were going to run together, that meant that every show would have, like, two tag matches and three Best of the Super Junior matches, just to mix it up. Uh, but no, unfortunately, it's going to be, like, one day World Tag League, one day Best of the Super Juniors. That is going to make the World Tag League uh, shows way boring because that means that you're going to have about two or three uh, tag matches and I mean tag matches they all pretty much have the same formula it's babyface and pearl hot tag tornado tag and to the finish so let's see how it goes if anything else and you want to skip the world tag league that means that you only have to watch uh, New Japan show every other day which it's not that bad uh, it's far better than having like a four day a streak of, of G1 Climax shows. It, it, it can become really hard at, at one point. But, uh, and also they, they said that the finals are going to be at Budokan. So that sounds fantastic. Um, I, I love Budokan. And back into the tournament. We had Juice Robinson versus Evil. Um, I don't know what it was exactly. I personally really, really like Evil's performance here. I thought he was selling really enthusiastically. I don't know if it was like Juice just bringing out the energy of, of the crowd and him. But I, I enjoy Evil. Uh, this was your usual Bullet Club, Bullet Club uh, match with, you know, like 
evil has control for a while then jews make the the comeback and the match starts to get out of control of evil so they start cheating and then jews kind of foils the cheating but then they cheat in some more and the evil guy wins uh and that was it that was there was not not much to it other otherwise uh juice was fantastic and evil was fantastic but it's just your usual formula that a lot of people are tired of i don't particularly care for 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 cheating it doesn't make me mad uh sometimes it, it breaks the monotony of just like same shit different day uh type of like wrestling but i mean do that i just gave it about uh three stars because it's it wasn't anything special uh the next match was naito versus yoshihashi this was a match that as we've been going through the tournament it became a must watch because we know that naito has been having one of the best tournaments he's had he looks fantastic and yoshihashi has is literally having the best tournament he's ever had in his life uh and so I think there was a lot of uh, hype coming into this match because it was going to be a clash of two guys that are doing really good, uh, really good wrestling-wise. Uh, we know Joshihashi only has one win, and it doesn't matter how good your tournament is going. We know the booking is not part of it, and we know like the booking is not going to change. Like, you're not going to get a, a win over the double champion. So... If you look beyond the fact that you pretty much knew that Naito was going to win, um, they had a, a good match. I think I thought it, it started really strong, but once they got into into the butterfly lock, everything slowed down. And once they were out of the butterfly lock, they started chasing the finishers. But I didn't feel like the intensity was back. I, I felt that. Um, like the crowd was lively. They even like clapped for the whole three minutes of the butterfly clap, the butterfly lock. Uh, but once they broke out of it, the speed of the match kind of like stayed slow. Like they they started chasing Destino and Karma, but it was just kind of like your turn, my turn. It wasn't. It, you didn't feel the urgency in hitting the finishers, and that hurt the match a little bit. Um, but it was. 80 percent good uh so there's no complaints um joshihashi like i think he's gonna end up having one of the best tournaments of the whole the whole two blocks mm. so it, it will be interesting to see what happens to him afterwards um once we're done with the tournament like at this point, I think it would be okay to give Yoshihashi the rub and maybe have him chase like the never open title. Um, I I wouldn't chase the IC title with him, but maybe the open, or or even the US. Once we get it back from from Moxley, uh, there are a lot of people that seem to be interested in that US briefcase as we were going to talk about it. So maybe that's something that he can do. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like, the U.S. crowds wouldn't mind <laughs> Yoshihashi as a champion. But on to the main event. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenta. Uh, they had a match last year in the opening 
night of no one of the opening nights of of the g1 last year um and this was i think like just the second match they've had i don't remember them interacting much in the last year but it was fantastic um tanahashi's like your perfect baby face and kenta today played the perfect heel for tanahashi you know just doing the things that work you know going after tanahashi's leg and then once he can't beat him like go for the cheat and and coming really close and still like tanahashi fights away and it was just fantastic uh a, a lot of people are probably gonna complain that there was a ref bump and, and a briefcase shot but like in my opinion it was just perfectly placed because it didn't lead to a finish it didn't lead to nothing it actually led to the people thinking that oh man that's it tanahashi's done Kenta's going to win but no tanahashi fought valiantly to come back and ended up winning by submission it wasn't even like uh the hi-fi flow like he won by submission so that was just fantastic uh storytelling in my opinion uh another thing that i noticed was that kenta wasn't really going for strikes as much as other matches until tanahashi like slapped him and that's when kenta like really really unleashed the the, the striking side of, of his attacks so that was nice um tanahashi worked leg kenta also worked the leg but he was also like working the leg as a means to cut off tanahashi but he was really really working the head more when he was in control just building towards either the game over or the gts so again like perfect storytelling i i don't know if it was on purpose but i think low-key tanahashi was doing some chibata spots i i don't remember tanahashi ever doing like the running drop kick to the corner i don't know if i'm not paying attention enough but like he did it here and i was like yeah that's totally a chibata spot and we know that chibata is an important person to both kenta and tanahashi so there was like that little sp sparkle there um so yeah like i said tanahashi won uh by submitting kenta with clover leaf after the match i i thought i saw tanahashi like um point at the iwgp uh us title briefcase but the briefcase was also like uh broken uh when when kenta hit tanahashi in the head with it it legit broke one of the sites so he could have been pointed like to like show the that it broke or to point out like hey i'm interested in the in the briefcase uh and then and we know like juice is also already interested in the briefcase so we we could see tanahashi chase the u.s title uh for now as I mean, we know he's not going to win the G1, so going after the U.S. title is, is perfect. And Tanahashi winning the U.S. title would like would really, really excite a lot of people. We would get Moxley versus Tanahashi, which I don't think anyone would mind. So let, let's see where it goes. And then after the end, like Tanahashi just got his winner's promo. Like he was crying. Uh, he thanked the crowd. He was like, uh, "Everyone, New Japan, and uh, like." The, and, Hiroshima, thank you for everything. He played guitar to close the show. So this was uh, a great show in my opinion. Like I wasn't particularly looking forward to anything here, uh, but it ended up being just a great show. Uh, like I didn't notice it until I was done with the show that I looked back at, at the matches we had and I was like, holy damn, like 
this was a really good show. Like, we had a dud with Torgan and Hiroki Goto, but again, it's one of those things that just makes you talk about it. And and thus, like the weakest match was Juice versus Evil, and it wasn't bad. It was it was okay. Um, it was a good match. So that was today's uh, show of 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 New Japan G1 Climax number thirty, uh, October the sixth. We have two more shows tomorrow, and then we take a break, and then I think we go into the final uh, just set of shows before the finish, the finals. Uh, so far, I think I am looking at a block A finals between Okada and Osprey for sure. I think those are going to be the ones. I I think White is going to be slowed down at this point. And I also think that Evil is going to come close to getting to the finals, but Sonata is going to 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 spoil him. And on the block B, like it's definitely gonna be Naito in the block finals. But I have a feeling that Kenta is making it to the actual finals. I at this point <clears throat> I'm not I am not seeing Sanala come close. I am not seeing Evil come close. Uh, like I said, like Sanala is going to spoil Evil. So uh, I'm seeing Kenta as the as the winner of the blocks. It may be Naito, but I wouldn't want Naito unless unless Naito wins the thing and makes his challenges, which wouldn't be bad because he'd be able to make to just like decide who to challenge for each title uh but we'll see I, it would be a, a nice change we always see someone just win and challenge so we'll see where it goes but so far it's been everything i mean it's it's been a crazy year for new japan but it's been a, a good g1 climax they are working with what they have and it hasn't disappointed me at all but before uh, we continue uh, I just want to mention that we also had the finals of the All Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Champion Carnival. The match between Suze and Kento Miyahara. I didn't watch the whole show. I just watched the main event. And it was fantastic. It was just arguably the best match of All Japan's year. And definitely like a, a match of the year contender overall. Um, Suze won, which... I'm not surprised uh, at this point. I wasn't. I wa I wasn't looking forward to Kento winning. I don't think Kento should win, and then lose to Suwama. And at this point, like I wouldn't also want Kento to regain the title so soon. Um, I think there has to be someone in between uh, Suwama and Kento. In my opinion, that's always been Jake Lee. Uh, so we'll we'll see where it goes. We're going to have Suz versus Suwama. I don't expect Suz to win, even if he's been like super strong in the last uh, month. But we'll see. I mean, it it's a new... It's not new. I mean, Suz has been around the title a long time before. But it's it gives us like a little change from the, the, usual, the usual players. So that's good. And let's continue into a Impact Wrestling Traffic Report. Welcome everyone to Impact Wrestling. So, let's start off with 
Impact Wrestling Big Tree Road from Saturday, October 3rd. Uh, this was uh, one of the Impact Plus specials. They haven't done them in a while, but they finally returned. And overall, I thought the show felt just like an extra weekly Impact episode, except for the final three matches, which I'm going to be focusing on. The rest of the match, I'm just going to tell you the, the results. Uh, the Rascals beat Triple XL. It was just a great match, a great opener. But unless we see something actually done with the Rascals, I am not going to care at this point. Uh, we had Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Myers. This was just, I mean, it was better than it had any reason to, to be because Dreamer at this point sucks and Myers has never been impressive in his whole life. So it was better than it, it should have. But, I mean, it was really nothing. Um, and they're actually going to continue their, their, their feud later. We had a little skit with Moose seeking easy tree, like the same thing. It, it, it mostly just kind of tells us that Moose is having a match tonight. Uh, we had the the Firohit, um challenge. Unfortunately, answered by Willie Mack. And, man, I know a lot of people love Willie Mack, but I am so, so tired of Willie Mack. He does the same shit all the time. Uh, his acting is just crap. Like, he's a terrible actor. And I'm just, like, at this point annoyed every time he has a match. Like, he doesn't put people over. He's always either winning or or. or just wing by DQs or stuff like that. Like he doesn't put people over. I am so tired of Willie Mac. Uh please WWE sign Willie Mac. I don't want him in on impact anymore. So I mean Willie uh Rohit defeat well he lost the match by count out but he retained the title so like I said like Willie Mac doesn't even put people over like champions over. Uh we had like a little Callahan Seven Callahan and Ken Shamrock interview they mostly said that they attack Eddie Edwards because they're trying to get Shamrock back into like becoming the most dangerous man in the world, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, at this point, that's not eventful. It's only going to lead to a Shamrock versus Eddie Edwards match, which it's probably going to end up with Shamrock turning on Callahan and turning babyface because he's the, the Hall of Famer. So I at this point, I really don't care about the, the, the prospect of that match. We continue with Tennille Dashwood versus Jordan Grace. Um, Tennille won this match, so she is two on one on this little rivalry. This was this was good. Uh, you can tell that they're starting to get better, and they they're starting to know each other more, and so they they're working better now. Um, but that was about it. It was pretty much the same one that we saw last week with. Jordan being like super aggressive and Tennille just finding little ways here and there things to to Caleb to like dodge Grace and, and, and get her, her shit in. So it was okay. Uh, I don't know where this feud is going. Well, actually, I, I, now I know where this feud is going to go and that is nowhere, at least for a while. So um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit when we go over this week's impact. Uh we had the unsanctioned tag team match between Heath and Rhino versus Reno Scum. I'm not a big fan of Reno Scum. Uh, they are like when you're back, but they do pe- put people over. I'm just tired of, of seeing them. Uh, but the whole thing about here was to to make Heath, the former Heath Slayer, look good. He looked pretty good. Um, I mean, not amazing, but he looked again, uh, like good. And this was all to set up like a good performance for Heath. So after the match, Scott Demore would offer him like to have a meeting so they could like 
go over contract negotiations and stuff like that. So he's finally getting his shot. But, I mean, Rhino was barely in the match, and it was really all Heath. So good for him, I guess. We had Trey Miguel versus Moose. I hated... I, I, I didn't hate the match, but I hated what it was. Um, this was virtually a squash where Moose just beat the shit out of Trey for 90% of the match. And then at the end, we had like an EC3 logo on the Tron and Moose got distracted and Trey got the roll up. But then like Moose just like didn't even care about the loss. He just went looking for EC3 in the back which kind of led to him being jumped by AC3 and whatever. But, I mean, what's the point in having the match? For one, like, make, having a match so long, if it's going to end with Trey getting, like, a cheap win and Moose not even giving a shit about the loss. Like, I thought, in my opinion, this was a complete waste of time. This could have been, like, a one-minute uh, spot where EC3 distracts Moose, like, way earlier. Like, we didn't have to see so much uh of a match so waste of time and finally the the show turnaround we had a fatal four-way between alex Shelley, accompanied by chris haven carl anderson accompanied by luke gallows josh alexander with ethan page and ace austin with matt manfalton this is so these four teams are going to fight for the titles at bound for glory and so this was one like a a fatal forward presentation with each uh with one guy of each team and this was just like straight up good action like shelly alexander and ace austin right now are and, and actually anderson too like they are the better parts of each of their teams and so this was just like beautiful wrestling all around uh the combinations all worked around like you you could have like shelly and austin do speed but you can then have Alexander and Anderson do like more of a Haas thing. And then you can have Alexander and Shelly do like like a, a speed versus hot thing and like technician stuff. Like it was just like fantastic stuff. And you also had to play around like Alex, like Morsi Machine Guns and the Good Brothers have been antagonizing each other more than than the other teams. Uh, probably leading to, to what's gonna happen after Bound for Glory. And so you had that, and then you had uh, the North being, like, antagonizing not necessarily Ace Austin, but Fulton outside. So we, we see a lot of, like, different interactions here. Uh, the win went to Josh Alexander, which unfortunately tells me that they're not going to regain the titles. <laughs> but um, they, they look really good. That This was a really, really good match. Afterwards, we had like a little skit where Myers and Dreamer just challenged each other for another match, and hooray, yay! Um, show continue with the Impact Knockout Style match: Diana Perasso versus Susie. And I, I wasn't expecting much from Susie, like Sue Young. Uh, is good. But she's not exactly like a top level wrestler. Her best matches tend to be matches that are multi-person matches. So I was really, really surprised that uh, Purasso got a good match out of her. The The story here was just that Purasso didn't take Susie seriously, like no one does. But 
because of Susie's just like weird wrestling. Uh, she, like Parasa couldn't keep a submission in, so she just she destroyed Susie's arm. Susie had some uh, some comebacks where she was coming close. Like I mean, you can see that Su Young wants to come out, and I think that is coming up soon. Uh, and that was pretty much it. Like there, there's not much other than than Parasa just destroying Susie's arm and eventually getting to the to the double Fujiwara armbar for the win. Um, right after Susie teased the panic switch, and that was it. Uh, the the real meat of this whole thing was that afterwards, Purasso and Kimberly attacked Kylie Ray, and they held Susie down. And then Purasso pilmanized Susie's arm and and hit the the Pentagon arm breaker, and they made Kylie Ray watch, and and so like they broke Susie's arm. And Kylie couldn't do anything, and so like it was super devastating. It was really, really just fantastic. They don't usually do this with the woman, so like the more the merrier. And finally, the main event of Victory Road was Eric Young versus Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Title. This was just great. I don't usually say this, but uh, I think this match would have been even better with the crowd because. Eric Young is just a heel magnet, and Eddie Edwards coming close to to regaining the title was just, like could have led to like fantastic pops. The match was pretty like mm, similar to like a Japanese match in the sense that like it, it, it progressed really nicely. Um, it was like super psychological. It started with a brawl since there's already a lot of heat between them, so like no collar and elbow. Like they went straight for the brawl, and during the brawl, like. Um, they're working on each other's, uh, for the most part, heads. And it gets to a point later on that where EY hurts, Eddie Edwards already hurt uh, ankle that Ken Shamrock attacked. And so Eddie's like hurting, he can't really stand. So EY's just like focuses on the, on the leg and just like continues going for the leg, for the leg, for the leg, like, they they Eddie's trying to like just to like hit the Boston knee party to win or anything, but he can't. And at the end, just EY dominantly locked in a, a leg lock and submitted Eddie in the middle of the ring. And that was it. Like it was just like a clean win, pretty much. Um, I mean, if you take an account that it was like almost a brawl, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just like a fantastic match. It built up perfectly. Uh, Eric Young is a fantastic heel. He like he is a type of heel that you just want to pay to see someone beat his ass up, and that's why people are gonna pay for Bound for Glory to see Rich Swan uh, beat the shit out of Eric Young. And and that was it after the match. Eric Young tried to break Eddie's leg, and Rich Swan made the save and ran off uh, EY, and that's how the show ended. So like I said, like the three main matches on the top of the car were fantastic but the rest just felt like i was watching impact on the on a saturday night and it wasn't particularly fun it was almost like it was i think it was the three hours so that's way too long for for an impact special in my opinion but it all led to today's uh impact wrestling from october the 6th uh the show <sighs> unfortunately started with tommy dreamer versus brian myers <laughs> 
and this ended up with a DQ when Myers just used a candlestick on, on Dreamer. We know this is going to lead to a weapons match, and for God's sake, I'm so tired of Tommy Dreamer having weapons matches, or I mean, having matches on Impact. Uh, I don't know, man. Just, just retire, <laughs> please. Like, this isn't helping Brian Myers at all, and like, I, I, I can't tell you the last time that Dreamer did something good for someone's like career be a feud so like we don't need to do this uh we had moose uh roam around the arena because tonight's supposed to be the night where the tna world championship belt is being uh buried or burned or whatever ec3 is going to do with it we had johnny bravo pretty much still follow by that we need to get money for the wedding and this led to follow by like going into shenanigans later on that we're going to talk about it and also it built up the deaners versus johnny stringer and crazy steve um for a match later tonight why well because that that's that's it just because <laughs> we had another Ro defeat rohit uh challenge uh william mack came out and i was dreading his presence but then Rohit uh, told him, like, hey, you already had a chat. Uh, you cannot get another shot. So, fuck off, buddy. And so, he called out for a new competition. And out came Jordan Grace. And I got super excited. Because the exhibition is not about weight limits or gender limits. It's about no limits. And so, <sighs> my deception. I was fooled. Because when the match started, Rohit didn't give the title to the referee. And thus, Rohit had an argument that since he didn't give the title to the referee and the referee didn't hold it up, it wasn't a title match when Jordan uh, rolled up Rohit with the O'Connor roll for the win. I don't know um, if they're going to go with Jordan Grace like this. Kind of like they did with Tessa. But I really, really hope that Jordan gets the title. Especially the exhibition title. I, I just want it. But, um, I mean, if anything else, it was like a good little angle. It it led to Scott Damore telling Rohit that he is going to be defending the title at Bountiful Glory in a six-way scramble against Willie Mack, fortunately. TJP, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, and Jordan Grace. So... If anything else, it's going to be a good match as long as Willie Mack doesn't suck. Um, so back into Falaba, like he, the story is that he needs to get money for, for Bravo uh, because he's the best man. And so his trick was to steal money from Hernandez. Uh, he, I'm just going to skip to the end. He's, he steals the money uh, when Hernandez is taking a shower. So I mean, we don't need to talk about it. It's, it's filler at this point. We had another match between the Rascals and Triple XL. Once again, the Rascals won. Like I said, uh, for Victory Road, I don't know if the Rascals are going to do something after Bamford Glory or after whatever they're doing right now. But until I see it, like this win still mean anything because I know that 
they're probably just earning wins so they can lose to, against someone at Doubtful Glory. And so that was it. Um, they won with Hot Fire Flame, which is still one of the best tag moves out there that don't get as much exposure as it, as it, as it should. Um, we had a little angle with Jimmy Jacobs interviewing Dr. Foreman and Rich Swan at Swan's Rehab. And Eric Young jumped Swan there and attacked the leg with a kettlebell. So we're kind of back to to like the first step where we don't know if Rich Swan is going to be healthy. And I don't know why they did this. I don't know why they told us that Rich Swan like worked hard to get better just to go back. It I know it's extra heat, but like we already had the heat. You could have just uh, made the rehab longer. We are 18 days away from from Bound for Glory. We don't need an extra injury at this point or extra like like wonder if Richardson's gonna make it. Like at this point, we know we you could have revealed that Rich Swan is cleared on this show, and then the next show can be Rich like Eric Young maybe getting a little heat but not much, and then Rich Swan. Uh, gets the the better off of Eric Young the, uh, the next night, you know, or, or vice versa, so it doesn't matter. But at this point, we don't need like another serious injury. I don't know why they did that. I didn't like it. But it is what it is. Uh, we all know that's still going to be the same match where Eric Young goes for the leg and Rich Swan fights through the pain and probably wins. So, I mean, my only complaint is it's unnecessary, but it, it doesn't particularly hurt the. The view at this point. Uh, we had uh, the Morrissey Machine Guns get interviewed by Jim Miller. They're just talking about their match tonight. There's not much to it. Anderson and Gallus approached them and just like started talking shit. Shelly always has a power to shut Anderson up because Anderson's not particularly that good in promos, I guess. I don't know. But uh, it was just kind of like a setup for, for a spot. An angle later tonight in the main event. Uh, we had Rosemary and Taya defeat Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. This was a fantastic match. Rosemary, I don't know what it is, but she is really getting better in the last month. I don't know what it is. She had like a full year where she just like straight up sucked. But she and Taya are a fantastic team. Like Taya's just like been like a monster truck right now, just being fantastic. Kira Hogan and Tasha Steels have been fantastic since they became a team. And and Rosemary just like pulled pulled the workout, you know. It was fantastic in, in this match. I I really enjoyed this little tag match. Um in my opinion, this could have been a main event any other night. Uh we went into that match with the Deaners and Johnny Swinger and Chris Steve. This was uneventful. It was just like a dumb thing where Crazy Steve kept exposing Johnny Swinger's like gimmicks uh, to cheat and then it just led to Cody Diener hitting a DDT and winning over Swinger uh, it was just filler it was a filler of fillers I I, I don't like this I don't know what, what the point of this was we had a little interview with 
Kylie Ray, and she's like showing that she's is distraught because she wasn't able to save Susie from from getting her her arm broken. And then Kimberly interrupted. She made fun of, of Kylie Ray and Susie and Joe, and so Kylie Ray just like lost it and jumped Kimberly, and like she attacked her so much that uh, it got to a point where Kylie Ray was just like. Like you, her reaction, that oh my god, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like I think I went over, over my head, <laughs> I crossed the line. Uh, but that was it. I, I think Kylie Ray versus Daniel Cross is being built strongly. Uh, it's gonna be like a, a good, heated battle at Bound for Glory. This is going to lead into Kimberly versus Kylie Ray next week. Um, so that's good. We have the famous meeting between Scott Demore and Heath. And man, this kind of felt like similar to the Swan thing. Like, um, it's been a long story to get Heath signed, but so the the thing here was that they're just like uh, sort of cool jerking each other, and eventually Scott tells Heath that he's going to write up a proposal or not a proposal, like an offer. But then Heath says, "Oh, hey, like I brought my own proposal," and but it turns out like it's like a WWE level proposal. With a bunch of perks and a bunch of zeros, and so Scott's like, "Dude, come on! Like, this is way too much, and you're not like exactly a big star. You're not an Olympic gold medalist." And so they start like uh, this discussing about it, uh, and eventually it gets to a point where Scott Demore's just like, "You know what? Like, fuck it! Just throws away the 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 offer, the proposal, and storms off." And and at this point, Heath is like fuming he's pissed off and he actually goes and berates rhino uh because rhino told him to to come to impact instead of wwe because apparently wwe had offered heath a contract when he had that raw with mcintyre and so heath has chosen to come to impact because rhino told him but then impact wasn't like happy with him either so he was like oh man what the fuck so it's an interesting development like if at the end it leads to Heath versus Rhino, I'm going to be happy because I was really just like not looking forward to Impact trying to redo a tag team from WWE, like a joke tag team to to like for that matter. And so if, if it leads to Rhino versus Heath, I am happy. Uh, I just wasn't exactly happy that we are back to Heath asking for a job. I think, I don't know, like... Uh, either or i guess so i'll look at it at the bright side but i don't know i don't want it to like just become he keeps looking for a job because that's boring as fuck uh we have the famous burial of the tna title it was completely stupid it was just easy tree throwing the bio the belt like over a bridge to water and telling moose to free moose this gave me the impression that EC3 and Moose are going to be attack, uh, not attack team, but like they're going to be together. And the thing that I wonder is that, uh, as on a side note, there was a promo from Ring of Honor uh, that they're bringing, on, bringing in EC3. And the interesting thing is that they're bringing EC3 with this exact gimmick that he's doing on Impact. And so they're, they're sharing the gimmick, and I wonder are they going to share the storylines? And if so, is Moose going back to Ring of Honor? That's a question that I am 
interested in because Moose was fantastic in Ringwanger. And we'll see where it goes. Anyway, that probably gonna like that's probably gonna like be happening at Bound for Glory, so we still have like eighteen more days to finally have something. Uh this also has been going on for way too long. Uh we had a little skit with Ken Shamrock having like second thoughts about attacking Eddie Edwards, but Callahan told him that he was trending and that it was everything good. So Callahan at this point we know that is manipulating Shamrock's uh rage problems so he can attack people. And that's why I'm saying that it's probably gonna be the Bound for Glory. Eddie and Shamrock are gonna have a fight, but it's gonna end up with Shamrock turning on Callahan and turning babyface. So I'm not particularly looking forward to it. And finally, the main event was the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Morrissey Machine Guns, defeating Ace Austin and Madman Fulton in a non-title match. This was also just like straight up good tag team wrestling. The Machine Guns are looking like super, super dominant as champions. Even against Fulton, who has a power, like their, their tag team maneuvers and double team moves like are good enough to take over Fulton. So it was just like great. Um, Shelly was the the baby face on Pearl for a while, and Saban just came in like strong. The the big angle here was that at the end, the North and the Good Brothers came out and they just like started brawling, and like amongst the brawl, Gallows hit Fulton, and so that's that was the opening for Shelly and Saban to hit skulls and bones for the win. Uh, Gallows will fight Fulton next week on impact so there's something there's gonna be something there and at the end it was it like all, all teams just kind of like eyed each other before uh, the show went off the air so it was uh, an overall good show um easy to watch i i was kind of worried to see like how they were gonna manage getting victory road in between the build-up for bound for glory but i i personally liked it i i wasn't bothered i think they they used some of the good stuff for it so it's all good and that was your impact wrestling traffic report so that is all we have for this week uh for the wrestling revolution podcast it was like i said a pot uh a really packed week i think we have more packed weeks coming because the g1 just is taking all the time away from us but remember that you can find this podcast on spotify and itunes and you can go to the wrestlingrevolution.com if you want to listen to it there or you can go to DW Revolution on Twitter, and that's where I'm going to be posting updates and retweets and talk about corporate wrestling, or at least complain about it. So, without further ado, thank you for being here with me. It is still a sunny, beautiful day, so let's go outside and run for a while because Junaki Jama is probably running out. And that is it. Au revoir, mon amis. Well, that's about it. Son of a gun, we've enjoyed it. Looking forward to next week. I guess we'll have to wait a week before we get to it, but we'll be right back again. For Corey Macklin, Dave Brown, Lance Russell saying bye-bye, everybody.